You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Thursday, May 27th, 2021. On the show today, Max Raymond of District On Deck and I share our frustrations and thoughts about the Nationals series against the Reds. They lost two of three. We give all of our thoughts. You guys can hear them here next on today's show. All right, on tonight's show, we are discussing the Reds and Nationals series that just wrapped up. Josh Neighbors here joining me. It is Max Raymond of District On Deck. Max, good news. So on Sunday, we last talked, and my mic uh, was not working. We're back. The cord is fixed. The mic is back on. So things are back on track, uh, for me at least. For the Nationals, not so much. Really weird scheduling, right? They lose the first game for the Reds. They come back the second day, and then they have a game that they're winning. Cut short. They finish it off earlier today and then come back uh, on in the afternoon, the night portion of this game, and they lose 3 nothing. And I'm really wondering – you know, do you think there's a chance that if, if they play the third game of this series earlier today, you know, right after the end of the, of the first one, that, that things turn out a bit differently? I, I tend to think so. I don't know, man. Um, I was a little – I get because of the doubleheader, you have to switch the lineup up. And I know they want to put Luis Garcia in after they had the triple in the first game. But you have to ride the hot hand of Josh Harrison. I think that was a big part of the offensive struggles in the game. And – Maybe they uh, they continue it because I know they gave they scored what three runs in the today after scoring three runs yesterday. Yeah, but they, they, I'm not really sure it matters because Sonny Gray was just having one of those games where he couldn't catch touch him. He was uh, hurting us from both sides of the plate. He literally was feeling everything. For some reason, every time we would make contact, it would go straight to him. So I really don't think it matters what time it was because if we're gonna like. If that was going to go, what, how it happened, and he was pitching the way it happened, or the, sorry, the pitching the way he performed tonight, I don't think it, it could have been tomorrow. It could have been yesterday. He still was going to dominate us. Yeah, he was strong. You know, he, he pitched really well. And, and let's go back through this series as a whole. Because the offense, to me, is just – it continues to be the story in such a negative way. And they go back to the first game of the series, the Nats drop it two to one, right? You know, two runs, if you hold them to two runs – it should be enough. Max had a great start, seven innings, five hits, two earned runs. Both were solo home runs. And you and I had talked about this, right? When teams tend to score against Max, that's the that's kind of the path, right? Is that he very rarely is it base hit, base hit, base hit. Because I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's a slider that hangs or a fastball, it's usually a challenge fastball up in the zone. That's how you beat Max because he wins on a lot of those pitches, right? But you can mm-hmm. beat him on those pitches, so I thought this was a pretty good and pretty quality, normal Max Scherzer start for the most part. I mean, he had nine strikeouts. And it, as you said, it was two solo shots to Farmer and Suarez. And the offense, once again, continued. After, like, I get we beat the Orioles beforehand. And I know the Orioles aren't good, but they have some good players in that team. But still, like, it was very reassuring series when we go from a bad team to a mediocre team. Stranded four players. We had how many hits do we have? We had four hits. Stranded four hits across four, the entire game. Yeah, four hits. Stranded four runners. Our only run came in the ninth on a Josh Bell homer, and at that point, 
it was almost too late. I mean, it was too late. At that point, it was too late. Garrett, uh, Amir Garrett was looking like his old self, minus that one bad pitch he threw. And the offense just couldn't get going. Like, Soto's been struggling. He's been – I think I read the other day that said Juan Soto was just opening up too much. He's just trying to expand the zone and hit everything, which has never worked for him. He needs to go back to doing what's, what worked, hitting the pitches that were in his zone because for some reason they would always throw him there, even though you know you're not supposed to. And now that they're, like – I think the fact that he's getting walked so much is bothering him. He's trying to expand to get make contact, and it's just not working. That's why he's hitting on the 300. I mean, he only has four or five homers on the season instead of the double digits that he should have. And that's big pro- part of the problem. Once you uh, slow him down, you're going to force the other guys to do something, and they haven't been able to do something all year. So – and that's what happened in game one, and we wasted another Scherzer jet. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Wellfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wellfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wellfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront has been trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W E A L. T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings today. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB to get started today. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. They've been doing it online for 20 years for customers. They've got thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, prices at RockAuto are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, and this was a team in the Reds, you know, coming in. They're not a good pitching team. They're, they're towards the bottom of the league when it comes to, you know, uh, when it comes to ERA, like team ERA, I know it's not a great stat, but this is not a great starting pitching group. You know, this year, Tyler Maley has been pretty decent, but on the whole, it's not a group, you know, and Sonny Gray's been good. It's not a, a great group when it comes to starting pitching department. The Nationals just continue to struggle. And, and it's this bizarre disconnect, Max, right, between the fact that they've got one of the best batting averages as a team in Major League Baseball, right, but also at the same time, they do not score run. I mean, they are one of, you know, if you watch the games, I, I don't know exactly in terms of actual numbers where they rank, but if you watch the games, this team is, it, it's their big problem. The, the big bugaboo for them is they cannot score runs in a consistent fashion. I will one, I want to take back what I said. I said Amir Garrett had a good outing besides that one pitch. I forgot that they pulled them and put in Sims. So like that kind of right. contradicts it. But um, back yeah, to you got a couple outs though. You got a couple outs. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't able to finish any. But back to what you're saying, I agree, dude. Because one, they are arguably the worst team with runners in scoring position. I need to fact check that. I'm pretty sure they're dead last. Yeah, 
which outside the oil series has been shown all year long. They didn't hit their first grand slam of the season till against the Orioles. At that point, they were hitting like, I forgot what it was. They were over whatever with uh, the bases loaded for a while. Um, and then you just have. They, they didn't even put anybody in scoring position. They no. put no runners in scoring position in the first game of the series. I don't even think, or this game today. Right. They, they, yeah. I mean, they, they were, they, there was no traffic. They weren't causing any pressure. You know, you flipped a game two and things got a lot more, you know, a lot better. Obviously you credit them for winning a weird game. Right. And, and Josh Bell goes two for five. Yeah. You love the way he's starting to look. Joe Ross started off strong. I was upset for Joe Ross that, that his series was cut short or the game, yeah. excuse me, game rather was cut short. Cause this was, this was trending towards a really good outing and he needed that. And he only threw four innings, so he wasn't even eligible for the win. He wasn't able to be eligible for a quality start. And as you said, I'm looking at his stat line right now. Four innings pitched. Three, he, three hits allowed, one walk, four strikeouts. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, this Reds right. offense is no world beaters, but you still got guys like Winker and Castellanos, Nakeen. Um, I know uh, Moustakas is out, so that's a big uh, hit. But and Eugenio Suarez, he's in 157, but he has like 10 or 11 homers now because he had two or Two homers had one in the first game and had one today in this third game. So they still got guys that can beat you, especially Winker. He's playing out of his mind. And Joe Ross was able to just settle in in four Ks through four innings. is very impressive. And especially with the big problem with Strasburg back, he's battling with Eric Fetty for that last spot. And this was his big chance to show, hey, Fetty, I know you're hot. Like, I'm hotter. This is my spot. And it was ended short. Today's Locked on Nationals podcast is brought to you by Wellfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront has been trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash lockedonmlb. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash lockedonmlb. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings today at wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get started today. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. They've been doing it online for 20 years for customers. They've got thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers and best of all prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, I think it's, 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 this weird, it's a weird situation right now because this series, I thought the starting pitching was really good. Right, you think across the board, two runs, you know, three runs, well, and not even starting pitching here, but just runs in general, two runs, three runs, and then three runs. Right, so 
when you give up a total of eight, what, eight runs in the series, you should be able to take two of three. That's, that's kind of the, the thought process here. And look, I, I like the offense. There was some positivity. Josh Bell is beginning to come alive a little bit. Um, it's just this, it's so weird, Max, because you watch these games and it feels like, you know, the overall numbers are really funny because they lie to you about where this team is at, right? Every guy who's gotten hot this year seems to be getting hot individually, or maybe there's a couple guys at the same time who get hot, right? Schwarber and Bell start hitting the ball well at the same time. You and I have talked about how there's a, it's a weird where Juan will play well and Trey will play well. Rarely is there a time where it's together. Stalin Castro, well, you know, it seems to have the four for fives, you know, four singles thrown in there. Jan Gomes will have the two to three hit games. Even, you know, hell, even Victor Robles had a couple really nice games as well. And, you know, it just seems they can't match things up completely with this offense together. And they're trying to find ways. And it kind of brings me towards one thing that they have to start thinking about um, business at the deadline, right? I think this team, if they, if they really want to win, they have to start thinking about that now before everybody is in the market, right? I think now might be the time to strike if you want to get uh, grab a bat, you know, or, or something of that kind of idea because this lineup just needs some help, and I think it needs a consistent hitter to help join the fray right now, something just, you know, you can count on who's not as streaky. They, they need at some position – I'm not sure where, right? We can talk about it. You know, maybe I uh, talk about somebody who is, I guess, uh, a third baseman, right? You know, maybe move Starlin back to second and find a way to play Josh Bell. He's a utility guy. You know, if you really wanted to, you could put him somewhere in the outfield. I don't really know at this point. You know, it's it's just they have to start finding ways to, to get some, you know, get other offensive options in there because they've got to get this lineup rounding into form in a hurry. The problem is that the biggest uh, players on the uh, that are going to be available to trade deadline are all rentals, right? Chris Bryant and Trevor Story are the big two that come to my mind, and both would thousand percent help this offense. You put Chris Bryant at third base, you cement it, you cement it. You get Trevor Story. I mean, yeah, he's a natural shortstop, but you could move him to second or third. I mean, it may be a problem defensively, but you're trading for his bat anyways. And you say you have a lineup with uh, Trey, Soto, and one of Brian or Story at the top of the lineup. I mean, yeah, you're still top-heavy. But if if Josh Bell is actually rounding in the form, and this isn't just like a phase, he's actually turning into like what he was in 2019, then, yeah, you have a dangerous top four. Kyle Schwarber is hit or miss. One eye is going to be crushing it. The other eye is going to strike out. Like that's what he does his whole career. So at least he's consistent about it still. I want to keep Josh Harrison in the lineup. That's what I want to do the yeah, most. Yeah, so, yeah. And I get upset every time that I get he's in his mid thirties or early to mid thirties, and I get he's been injury plagued the last few years, and he's finally healthy, and they don't want to overdo him. I get that. It's the Howie Kendrick treatment. I respect it, but you need him in the lineup. He has been the most consistent bat outside of Trey Turner all season long, and whenever he's not there, they struggle. Like tonight's. Yeah, it's well, it's it's weird because you know you feel like in so many ways the DH would just. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. The DH would benefit this team so much, right? On you know just those nights where hey, if they don't want to put Harrison at second base, he's he's a guy who can DH tonight, or a guy like a Ryan Zimmerman. The, the ability to just have those guys, you know, whatever you want to do, right? Whatever whatever you feel like is the best way to do it. 
whether it be Stevenson or, you know, and I'm not, I know he's not the ideal DH, but like, come on, you can split your DH reps between, honestly, Josh Bell right now and Ryan Zerman, right? When one doesn't play, the other can DH. That, that's kind of how I feel like right now they'd have the ability to do. And it's just, they put certain guys in the lineup where it feels like, hey, you know, let's, let's give this a try. And it's not really working out. Tonight, you know, let's move ahead to this game. Strasburg, look, three runs over, I forgot, was it five or six innings that he pitched? You know, it's one of those starts where he wasn't at his best. Um, still clearly coming back from his injuries. And look, this is a weird thing that Steven does. Actually, his first start of the year was really good, right? Next start was awful, horrible. Things his first start off the injury was really, really well, good the other night. And his next start was – The thing like, about tonight's start, yeah, he gives up that first inning homer. I didn't get to watch the uh, fifth inning, but I was listening on the radio to uh, Dave and um, Charlie. Yeah. And it just sounded like bad break after bad break. Right. Sonny Gray hits it, bounces off Strasburg's uh, foot. Bell ground, is able to recover and ground it, but because he had to go to get it off the deflection, he can't – and Gray moves fast for the pitcher, he wasn't able to get that out. And then uh, there's a – you have two on – or you have – yeah, two on, two out, and then they're facing Winker, and they throw a pitch from the sound of it, the way Dave and Charlie were explaining it. They said it hit the corner and it should have been strike three, and they didn't call it. I could hear the fans booing through the radio like that's mm-hmm. how vocal they were and what happened winker hits it up the middle bounces off the base turner can't recover in time goes in the infield or outfield run scores and then uh, i want to say nakin or nakin or however you pronounce it hits that blooper that just barely missed the foul line and stayed fair and was able to score the third run so it did it, the first run all strasburg mm-hmm. two and three sound like terrible bad breaks and it just happens to be three bad breaks in a row, but that's been our season all, all season long. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. And these seven-inning games are going to continue to happen. There is such an emphasis on scoring early. Now, the Nats have had that emphasis all year, right? You watch the games, you listen on the radio. Charlie, Dave, Bob, Justin, FP back when he was doing it, all of them talked about the Nationals need to score early. And they, they just – I'm trying to think about when they got their first hit in the game. And really, when they put any pressure on, I mean, the only two guys who got hit tonight were Trey and one. And the fact that three through nine in your order tonight were over whatever it is. You know, I know there's a good amount of walks in there too, but over whatever it is, actually, there was only one walk tonight, but over whatever it was, you know, Sonny Gray was strong, but this lineup is too good not to be putting pressure on people. It's just too good you, not to. Let me ask you a question because I yeah. think you're higher on this lineup than I am because. One night I want to have faith, and the next night, you know, they do this, but like four nights in a row, and I just get sick. Um, next five opponents Milwaukee, three games, the Braves, three games, three games against the Phillies, two against Tampa, four against right. the Giants. All very solid teams. The last game of that stretch is June 13th. If they come out of that stretch losing majority of those series, do you, and it's still June, do you start talking about pulling the plug? Well, you know, th- this is the interesting part is that their next 10 games are all consecutively. So through uh, May 28th, and you look down the line, they have no off days until uh, June the 6th. And they play Milwaukee, Atlanta, Philadelphia. And uh, so let's see, seven of those on the road, right? And Atlanta has owned them this year, and Philadelphia is really good at home. Then they have a break, and they have Tampa, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, like you said, New York. So this, this, is my, this is my thing here. 
They've got 10 days coming up. This is an older team. They've got a lot of experience. If this team has any ideas of winning baseball games this year, these, this 10-game stretch is where they show me something. Right? This is a 10-game stretch where the Brewers look at you and say they're not that good. The Braves look at you and say we can make up some ground. The Phillies look at you and say we're at home. We should beat them at least twice. Right? So if those teams are looking at you like that, and I know baseball is such a game of numbers, but at some point there are some normal sports instincts type things that kick in, right? Like this 10 game stretch could decide your season. It really could. I don't think, I'm not sure how much longer National League East teams can bank on the division being up and down like it is until some team, you know, turns on turns it on and, and takes it over. And look, like this is an opportunity for the Nationals, even if they go 500 in the stretch to say, we can compete with good teams. We can do it. They just have to do, I mean, they have to do it day in and day out. Because here's the thing is, look, we look at the three starting uh, you know, pitching performances in the last series, they were bad. The Nats swept. The three in this series against a team that did not, and let's be honest about it, you could even argue the Orioles put up more of an offensive fight than the Reds did, right? You could honestly argue 100%, that. 100%, because they did. They scored more. They did. They, did. they put up, they put up was that, that back and forth. Was it Saturday game? It was that back and forth. Game? Yeah. yeah, they put up more fight than the Reds did. You know, in that one game, and the Reds did all the series. But the problem for the Nats is right now is that the offense comes and goes. It supports the pitching, comes and goes. And that's why this 10-game stretch is really important because if, if they, you know, if they're like five or six games out, nobody, you know, it's not the end of the world, but nobody looks at this national team and says they've shown the fight necessary to climb back in it. And at some point, championship pedigree is not something you can hang on to as an, as an asset that gets you back into things. At some point, you have to show quality on a night-in, night-out basis. And look, I know that if you look at the last six games, they're still they're four and two. But the problem was this, this, this entire Red Series was a chance to build off of what? A great offensive weekend. And they didn't. And I think, Max, that's where you're frustrated as a Nats fan. And I think as somebody who watched the team, you know, pretty often, you know, every single day and, and you know, tries to cover it, that's, that's the upsetting part is that, they just can't seem to build momentum in certain departments, right? They just can't seem to night in, night out. You know, Chandler Rainey, even today, struggles, and that's a guy they want to depend on, right? And you think about, hey, we've got 10 more games in 10 days. That's a guy we might have to lean on. You don't feel comfortable throwing out him in there anytime soon. They have picked up exactly where they left off in 2020. They did this last year, yeah. and we made excuses, bro. Soaring season, COVID, injuries, right. World Series hangover. Terrible spring training because of COVID. Now, you have this year. You start making excuses. They get hit by COVID to start the season. Straws is back on the IL. Uh, Soto spent time on the IL. We're we're healthy now. We are healthy. Fetty's will be back. We are healthy. They have been clicking, or the team has had time to click. They haven't clicked. Like we're getting to the point where we are going to run out of excuses. And as you said earlier, the NL East is going to finally pick up. We're on a clock. The Mets are in first place, somehow wounded. They're going to get healthy. And once they get healthy, they're going to run away at this division if no one gets up and going. So we have a clock until those first few guys on that Mets IL, Nimmo, uh, I'm just going to name names. I don't know who's supposed to return first. Uh, Nimmo. Davis DeGrom. Davis should come back. Alonzo should come back pretty soon. DeGrom, Conforto. DeGrom's Carras- already back, yeah. DeGrom's back. Carrasco, I heard he's going to be back in June, so he is a little bit. Yeah, Syndergaard had a setback. Taiwan Walker's yeah, been that. excellent this year. 
who I yeah. said should be the Nationals' number four starter this year, Taiwan Walker. I do remember you saying that when we had the show. Yes. When I was on the one time. But, yeah, no, yeah. so you have the pitchers that are going to come back. Conforto, right. Nimmo, Alonzo, they're going to be back. Uh, DeGrom's already back, which is a problem for – Stroman's baseball. been excellent, too. And, yeah, so you're on a clock until the team is fully healthy, and then they're going to run away with it. Like, they get back, and then you give them, like, 10, 15 days after getting back to get back in the form. That's your window right now, right. which happens to be the same. And it's unfortunate because our window, we face those really good teams coming up, even if the records don't show it. And we're going to have a problem because the first team we face, the Brewers, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. Yuck. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding. It's going to, it's going to, be, it's going to be tough sledding this, this week. We're going to have to, and our pitch, Max Scherzer is going to show up. Our pitching is going to do our best to show up. Our bullpen has been surprisingly very – like, yeah, you have the bad outings from Rainey and Harris here and there. But overall, the bullpen has been reliable which is something we haven't been able right. to say since the days of Stammen and Clifford and Storm. And it's the offense that has carried us the last 10 years with the like pit, pitching here, offense right there, like super close. They've just fallen down, and they just won't get up. Right. I think you know, it's, it's not us saying the sky is falling. Really, what, here is, and my big frustration, I'll go back to it, they couldn't grab the momentum. They had it. And they just – they're not put, you know – they're not putting together competitive enough at bats. It feels like in the, in the first and third games, and even, even today, I didn't love the way that past you know they scored two runs. Past that, you know, they didn't feel like they were putting up a ton of fight at the plate. And you know, it it doesn't. Here's the thing about the Nats. I'll put it this way: like if you're looking at the Nationals and they score some runs in an inning, you actually think to yourself as a team, okay, if they score four in an inning, they actually might end up with four. You know what I mean? There's no change. You know, you're not saying, damn, the Nats could put six, 10, you know, 12 runs on us in this game. You're saying we could keep them at four. That's an issue in my opinion. That, that's, that's kind of where I think the frustration stems from. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, because earlier today when I'm listening to it and I hear it, um, it's already the fifth and it's one nothing, I'm like, this is a seven inning it's game. Over. Over. That's not good. And then I hear, oh, a second run? Oh, okay. I don't like these odds. Third run, it might as well be 10, right? It might as well the be second 10. I heard it was three yeah. nothing. I was like, that's game. I'm not right. winning. Right. It's difficult. Uh, Max, where can people find your work? Uh, check us out on Twitter at District on Deck. Check me out at MaxRain1. Um, yeah, thanks once again for having me back on, man. We pre- I appreciate you coming on to vent uh, with me, our frustrations of watching this team. All right, Max, appreciate your time. All right, that will do it for today's show. Hope you guys can tell the audio is fixed now. Everything is all good to go. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.